playing. The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I'm Jack Newman. I'm Sarah Becker. I'm Peter Dancy. And I'm Ben Haworth. And this is the Movie Gang Podcast. It is a non-anyone's favorite podcast. Oh. <laughs> I've had someone's favorite. <laughs> it's, it's my mom's favorite It's my favorite, like, it's my favorite podcast. It's an, it is my life. <laughs> this is like <laughs> how I deal with the sadness and loneliness. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, this is like, you guys realize, this is like my only form of interaction with like human beings oh this weekend. Oh, my God. Are you serious? <laughs> Yeah, Katie went to Houston, and like when Katie is not in my life, I'm like this old lonely man. Oh, <laughs> honey, this is when honey. this is when Jack needs his lighthouse porn. When he needs to walk around on a lighthouse no. and just listen to the wind, and this is when yeah. he needs to be that person. Oh, you know what? I did the single nerdiest thing. So like, I make like soundscape musics that I put on YouTube. So I make like soundscapes that people can like do study to. I made a Gundam themed soundscape background. Why? <laughs> nice. Oh, so you do like that, like, um, like Enterprise. Yeah, I would listen to the shit out of it's... this, Jack. Oh, like, yeah, I'll send sure. it to you guys. Uh, are you saying, it's like, one of those like... things that's like where it's like, oh, the Enterprise engine for 10 hours or like something like that? Exactly. No, I make those. Nice. But I do this for I love those. Because I got the, I have this one of this, like, this Gundam battlefield. And, like, I was, like, sleeping to it. And Katie was just like, I need somebody to tell me I'm ridiculous. Because Katie was like, why the fuck are you sleeping to the sounds of a Battlefield. What the fuck is wrong with you? I used to go to sleep listening to an Evanescent CD. Oh so. man, I am so down with that. Like, oh, like post pre, like you know, Ben Affleck Daredevil. Like, can you feel me? Wait, I, yep. I just yep. know she's screaming at like a decibel. My ears can't hear. <laughs> Well, welcome to the Movie Gang podcast. We swear we'll actually talk about movies in a minute. I mean, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> this week we went and saw Birth of a Nation. And because I'm a lazy piece of shit, I asked Ben to tell us the synopsis. Oh my god. Ben. That's fine. Uh, that's fine. I mean, this is a film I was very curious about for a long time. Um,. This film, uh, starred, written, directed, uh, produced by Nate Parker, tells the story of Nat Turner, who you may remember, sort of usually mentioned fairly briefly in the history of slavery, who led a armed rebellion against his owners. Uh, we'll talk more a little bit about that later. But this film, the mostly focuses earlier in his life, sort of follows him as he becomes a preacher, as he sort of interacts with his somewhat nicer masters but still obviously slave masters as he sort of reckons with what it means to be a preacher who's basically being used as a tool for a while to help quell slaves um, into pacifism and then eventually sort of coming to understand he believes he's a sort of righteous prophet of god and then beginning the rebellion so um yeah i guess i just kind of want to open up first I, I have a lot of very intense opinions but i'm curious what other people think of this film I think, I think for me, I, I, I will admit from the beginning 
that wanting to bend kind of to lead these like the synopsis <laughs> to some extent is because I am a little bit emotionally compromised about kind of the background things going on with this film with Nate Parker specifically. And I do want to I try really, our best to not really talk about do it. not. And I, no, no, we, I even talked about this with other people. I really do not want to have a conversation about what he, he may or may not have done. So, right. oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I really don't want to. He's in, he's. I mean, whether or not he's a homophobic rapist is is another day's discussion. But I don't particularly. That's not a fun discussion. Like I, we we can talk about the movie. Um, I will say this: <laughs> it's probably one of the more intense like disagreements I've had with my significant other about going to a movie. <laughs> and I, yeah, I have to admit she's really convincing sometimes, especially when it comes down to legal law clinics and like the women's. The women's clinic and that sort of thing. Okay, well, I'm already doing it. Ben, shut me up. All right, so I guess I'll say, um, just for the film itself, that I found this film very troublesome. And when I get to my rating, I'll have a lot of to say about it. But um, it's an unfortunate thing because whatever you view Parker as, as a person, at least for me, I feel that the intentions of this film alone are very... I think noble and he's trying to do something very difficult here which is frame a person who is so controversial in history which yeah. is perhaps why it's so troublesome that he's now a controversial person himself try avoid that but he's trying to frame a controversial opinion person in history and he's doing it in a very interesting way where he's trying to make it more about sort of the not so much the historical view of Nate Parker as much sorry as Nat Turner um, my apologies uh, of Turner as much as sort of the view he was to slaves and sort of the mythology of him which is again very tough to do because he's also obviously a real person so i think he's just not frankly a good enough filmmaker to do that which is the problem i think he's got noble intentions but for me this film falls apart because he doesn't kind of have that authorial voice where sometimes i feel like he's trying to be eli roth and sometimes he's the person he's trying to be most i think is mel gibson or i think he's Definitely mm-hmm. taking a lot of cues from Passion of the Christ and mm-hmm. from Braveheart. I feel like those are the two movies that kind of influence this one a lot in terms of who tells your story, what does it mean to be like both vengeful and righteous and religious and a murderer, frankly. Like you, you, you did murder people, like let's be frank about that. Whether again whether it's justified or not is a different conversation, but it, it is this he is trying to get us something. In the different context idea. of the film, it's definitely justified. <laughs> right, right. But like, he also, spend, I, I mean, he, my issue is, sorry, is is that this whole film spends a lot of time justifying the murder, and yes. like I'm not, I'm not. It spends a lot of time going into detail. I mean, I, I think I, I, I think he know. both justifies it, but I also think he makes the right choice of not making Samuel Turner, the white slave owner, a background character. I don't think he nails it because a, I don't think Army Hammer's up to the task, and b, I don't think he gets a good enough arc. But I think at the very least, I get that he was like, I can't just have him be the worst person. You know what I mean? Um, he does try to couch that. And I do think he, well, he tries does. to have an emotional moment when he does murder Samuel Turner to be sad and difficult for both of them in a weird way. But again, I don't know if he oh, nails it necessarily. Was, he does a good job of coming back to um, the idea that slavery is a corrupting force. And I forget, I forget who the person was that said it. Um, in one of the in is kind of one of the seminal works on slavery it was an escaped black man that went north and wrote a book about it. Oh God, I forget his name. Frederick Douglass. Frederick Douglass. Yeah, Frederick Douglass. Mm-hmm. Frederick yeah, Douglass Frederick, yeah. wrote the book, and he said he said that slavery is a corrupting force, and used the example of the woman who was a very very nice lady that then proceeded to own slaves and became a total bitch because, of it. and and I think that they 
they suggest i think that there's a suggestion in there kind of towards the slavery like you know slavery is inherently a corrupting force and anyone that owns it will eventually be a piece of shit right i right. think it's where to me something like 12 years of slave is the, the, the film i'm gonna it's one of my favorite films of the decade i mean as much as it could be a favorite that's so emotionally intense and depressing one of the best films of the decade how about that is a better term but does anyone wish they hadn't have watched luke cage right before they see this movie? <laughs> i hadn't seen much of luke cage. <laughs> i actually I, didn't i did not even think about that now i wish i had watched luke cage before i saw <laughs> this movie i i'm i'm sorry dude i think luke cage is just i think it's got such a better point in terms of I guess for me, like, my question is, like, what is he doing in terms of this film to, to relate it to what's happening in terms of modernity? Because I do think there are, are you know, clearly he's he hasn't made this film in a vacuum. Like, it's got a point, and it's it's tying into to current events uh-huh. in some form or fashion. I don't know how right. to tie it in. Luke Cage has such a, a much easier to handle direct tie-in. That's very, very good. No, I, with, no, like, I the agree. hoodie and, and everything. And I, I think that's the thing is, like... <sighs> Can we talk about Luke Cage? Sorry, <laughs> we could do a Luke Cage cast at some point. Okay, that just yeah, we'll get sense. to it. Know. You know, you know. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I do. Oh my god. Well, well, I, I realize, hope I don't mind. I realize we keep making podcasts just so we could talk about specific things. We don't have a podcast set up to actually talk about TV shows, which is just embarrassing. We probably should. Maybe just like a check-in TV show, like whatever we want to talk about. I was figuring we'd probably do it here more than anything. Yeah. We'd probably just com- start combining instead of like continuing to think. <laughs> we have too many streams. <laughs> just bring I feel down. like we're at critical mass, dude. <laughs> I can't edit anymore. <laughs> I'm at my limit. Well, I hope you don't mind me putting on you on blast, Peter, but I am curious. I know you've had a, a pretty emotional reaction to this film. I'm, I'm curious, coming to where you were at the beginning and where you are kind of now. Because like, I, I do agree there's like an emotional uh-huh. resonance to this film, but I also... I did both cry and dislike this film, so it's a very interesting kind of experience. I'm curious where you're sort of coming from now and before. Um, I I think I think for me before before and now, much of my much much of my intrigue and interest in this film lied lied in the fact that I never thought that this would be something that would be made, much less put much less widely released because i mean i mean i mean yeah i mean yeah i mean yes we we've we have had movies in the past 12 years of slave as a as a, as a prime example um about uh that uh, that 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 is set in america during 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 the period of our history where where, where slavery was a thing but did i ever think that but did i ever think that we that we would get a movie about the nat turner slave rebellion where 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 he where he where he and a big group of slaves ran around and using and, and using knives and axes so that they instead of guns so that so that people didn't hear them coming to murder sixty men white men women and children no I never thought I, I never thought that I would see that happen and I think for me that's like that 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 was why I was so intrigued by this film because because I know that. I, I know, I know, I know that for that for at least the, uh, the, those Black Americans who who are aware of this and who, and who know about the know about the history of of this of this event, it's kind of an important thing because you don't you don't it's not really talked about, and to see it on screen, I think that's where and to, see, to see it on screen and to see and to see at least the things the different things that um, that 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 Nate Parker portrayed in the, in this film i think that's where my where my emotional connection lied 
because 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 no because no it doesn't it doesn't connect to modernity to to our, to our modern issues or the like our, like the modern happenings uh, as 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 well as Luke Cage does which which is intentionally doing that um, mm-hmm. but and 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 I think and I think I think it also I think it also helped that like that that ninety five percent that ninety five percent of the people in there much like me were all black so like so 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 I, I think it helped that like I don't want to say this but I was the it. only white person in the theater <laughs> yes yes and a and a, and a and a black person outside the theater actually stopped me and he asked me why did you go see this movie oh wow. <laughs> I've no, always, it was actually, and it was, it was actually like they were friends, and they actually asked me. He's like, I don't because nice. they were yeah. having a conversation. They were like, uh-huh. white people won't see this, and like they literally pointed at me <laughs> across the room, <laughs> buying popcorn <laughs> like, for myself. Oh my. And the other thing is, I couldn't get Katie to go, so I just showed up, and I was just like, God damn it, <laughs> shit. Not That's that like That's all black people being there, but like I, it was just like the, even the, like the way that they acknowledged I was the white person in the room. Well, there, right. There's a very sp- <laughs> exactly, and for for better or worse, there's a very specific white reaction to slavery in school and in watching movies and things like that because you're so clearly the villain, and you are so clearly justifiably the villain, at least in the film. Even if you know it's ancestors, the things we get to, you know that's a whole different complicated thing but i'll never forget a very odd weird moment where you realize how hard it is to talk about these subject matters sometimes uh-huh. when i was in high school once and I mean, we, I, like let's like let's okay go ahead sorry. No, let me just finish this this is like a very odd moment where uh they, they start talking about <laughs> slavery and everybody turns to look at the reaction of the one black guy in school yeah yes 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 <laughs> like sorry. we i i'm gonna call us out here ben like we just did on this podcast a little bit a little bit i was trying to couch it more than that like, i didn't I, know peter I, had I, a emotion reaction but i we, can't no, deny that you, i want to know very opinion. positive about it and I'm, I'm gonna justify here because i know ben and me are both a little bit more negative about the whole thing and i think that's we are like curious in terms of like because i do think there is there is an audience that this is shooting for and my question is is like i'm not that audience and i don't think that's a bad thing i just saying like is my opinion in this case less valid and i think to some extent possibly yeah right and that's what i have to kind of go at it more as a film than as a reaction because like cinema score which which grates like uh actual legitimate audience reactions at the time of gives someone a which is like very rare like a almost perfect score so clearly it is reaching the audiences that it's getting if it's not getting a lot of them just because i think mostly the marketing has not been there because 20th century fox and the nate parker stuff they just kind of buried the film you know which they, is they got scared they got scared yeah, i totally. think i saw all of one actual commercial on television for i didn't see movie. any i saw nothing right and yeah. so that's why i also think They're... that the i wouldn't be surprised that the audience demographic is mostly black because i think it's getting passed around more from word of mouth than it is from internet tv spots the usual methods you know what i mean yeah i mean i think i think that's just the i mean i think this is getting back towards like the like having a conversation about like the the director itself because and again i'm trying i swear to god we are going to avoid this as much as possible (laughs) because this is not the point of this show it's not and it's not, and I and I really, really, really. But it's hate very hard. I understand. Yeah, it's yeah, hard because it, it is, it is tying in, and it's it's hard to talk about this movie's performance and not say like you know, 20th Century Fox is just running scared. My thing, a little bit, and Peter, you said this. You're just surprised 
that this movie got made or not that this movie got made no one's surprised that this movie got made everyone's surprised this movie got picked up for a wide release and i yes. agree with that i don't think this would have happened except the year after oscars so white that is a fair point i didn't think about that i did not I, consider that i, I think for me yeah, and especially possibly. 20th century fox specifically since they're I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I consider them to be a bit more conservative as far as movie studios go. For them to run out and grab this film, for me, uh, like especially with them not feeling it now, like it feels like a stunt, and, well, and it um, feels like they're like back in the fuck off. I don't know if that's necessarily the case as much as Twenty Six Fox has proven to be a very good Oscar contender lately. They're kind of the newish Weinstein's oh, yeah. yeah. that they're very, very good at Oscar campaigning. They've won. With Slumdog Millionaire, with Twelve Years a Slave, and with Birdman, and I think you look at the release of this and compare it to Twelve Years a Slave, and it's very similar. It's the October same release. It's the same company. It's a somewhat similar amount of theaters. I really did think they were expecting this to just be a steamroll straight into Oscars, and it probably would have been without the Nate Parker issues, you know. Um, so I do think it's this, but that's why I find the film frustrating is that it's trying to be both it's trying to be both a very different somewhat artistic interpretation of that turn it's more about sort of prophetic imagery and more about sort of this historical fabulistic take on parker versus sort of a true deconstructive narrative historical take on parker and also trying to be a braveheart-esque inspiring war uh somewhat violent nat, nat turner you mean sorry we keep we're, we're doing a bad <laughs> job i'm so sorry i'm really sorry about nat turner i'm not even i'm not even saying it's bad i mean i think people can understand that the, right. the, the names are yeah so somewhat similar. he's trying to do this like thing where it's like both a deconstruction and a mythological construction of nat turner and those two comp contradict each other all the time for me in the movie where it just feels sometimes like the He's just about to get the right moment, and it just he oversells it or he undersells it. I mean, the biggest, the biggest, the, the thing that drives me a little bit nuts is is, is kind of the, the rape scene in the movie and the fact that it is fictionalized. And again, this comes back around to, you know, I think I just need to stop saying I'm trying to not talk about the outside since it is, it is, and it is an issue for me. I think, and I think that's the kind of the comeback and kind of especially considering having read the article that uh, the woman's the, the, his accuser's sister wrote well I also think it's for me it's a problem out of where it feels like the rape was inspiring the hero and didn't really matter much to the yeah. rape the person who got victimized you know it's, what I mean it's, it's the question yeah, a, yeah. It's, it's the question of whether or not it's, it's sexist a little bit and she's a device and she very clearly is a device and that's kind of where some of it's like you know it's very empowering it's a very empowering for a slice but does troublesome things but i mean I, I still think like you know like fuck like so is braveheart and and i'll go watch braveheart again so like but i mean the question is is does that detract from the movie in retrospective do i detract myself from braveheart and say like ah oh, yeah this is terrible for women specifically with the french queen and all this kind of stuff i mean yeah i think that's the same sort of thing as when we're constructing movies and we borrow from classical things like these kind of things pop their way in there but they're still troublesome and I, especially for kind of especially with and, and I, th I think it's probably overblown because of the things going around the film no i think so and I, I, and like i said it, it's a troublesome 
angle because I think the worst part about the film is Jackie Haley. Not that he's a good actor, but that they have this very weird decision, which I hated, which was... One thing I loved about Toy Story Slave is that it showed that slavery was a system. That was the worst part about slavery. It wasn't bad people. It was a system of people who thought they were decent people doing the thing that they thought was decent. And yes, there were way worse people and way better people, but they're all still part of that system. Yeah, they were also and part of, of what was essentially of, of what was a business. Exactly, it treats it like a business. It's, it's just, like it's a just societal how they, it's just how they went about it. Totally, and I think by making a character who's basically like Joe Chill in the original Batman movie, where like he's the reason his father has to run away and maybe kills him. He's the one who rapes his wife. He has the final confrontation where they have to like fight each other and kill each other. It's very Braveheart. It's very that sort of like one villain. It's like well, you can't just put all the slavery on Jackie Earl Haley. You know what I mean? It, and it yeah. sometimes it felt like that to me. If anyone wants to do some outside reading, there's an article right now on Reddit called The Birth of a Nation, How Nate Parker's Movie Got Swallowed Up and Defined by Everything Outside of It. Mm. I think that's also another good... I think it's it's a, it's also a really good article that I would suggest from Variety, which, and I'm not one to really recommend Variety articles, uh-huh. I'm saying. Um, I'm not. <laughs> not, but I, I read it, and I, I, appre- I appreciate this one. How about that? There you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think that's I think that's going to be the uh, the kind of the the end, the end of like that kind of bit is we'll, we'll see how it goes and whether or not they pick it up and I, I'm very curious to see this movie will be a really great way of telling like because of everything going on outside of it it'll be a great way to tell like how the Oscars feel about it and like what percentages of outside buzz can actually affect a movie because I do think it's better than people are getting it giving it credit for do you know what I mean Yeah. Like people are demonizing it to some extent, and so it's going to be. I do feel like it will show up. I, I, I mean, I agree with Ben. I think it's kind of Ben. The term you used, I think, was glorious. A noble failure. Like very, a noble failure. Yeah, and I kind of, I kind of stick with that. I think it is still. It's got this. It's got the whole, like the whole Braveheart feel, and it's. It, and here's the thing, from a cinematography perspective, it has some powerful fucking imagery. Oh my I god! I thought the yes. fields of yeah, cottons were just gorgeously filmed, mm-hmm. like in a very wait, interesting wait, yeah. wait, the, the what? Ben? The fields of cotton I thought were really gorgeously filmed. Oh my god! Yes, 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 yes. And in particular, I, I mean, think, I, and again, he can super... use really subtle moments, which is why it's so frustrating. The moment where it just showed him like picking cotton and he bleeds and he picks more cotton and he's like bleeding through his fingers and then the cotton. He just does it in a nice, subtle, simple way that just says everything you need to know about the next, like, 20 years of that person's life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you just get to, like, some shots that are just, like, like there's a one shot in particular involving lynching, which almost felt, like, too well composed. It's, like, this very <sighs> weird thing, you know? I mean, I think this is the thing is, like, you know, we're, we're, they're making something incredible. They're composing something incredibly horrible and, and, and finding beauty i don't know if you can call it call it beauty fuck i don't know i mean it's a beautiful movie is what i would say and i think like again like it comes back around to that poster you know where he's being lynched with the american flag like i, I there's a certain amount of shock value to this movie we'll tell you from the title from the poster it, it's part of the problem of why it, it this is made worse for its oscar chances than say a roman polanski movie where like roman polanski's also a person who's had like terrible things said about him a lot of which i agree with and but he's not so much like the focus and nate parker and so much this film is like i made the title reference a famously loved movie by cinephiles in terms of what it meant for um the future of films how many like things it changed that is also 
hated by so many people because it is incredibly racist and horrific. So I wanted to like take back this title's importance in history. That's a bold fucking decision. You know what I mean? And like, Mm -hmm. I have to kind of love him for that, even if, but he's like, it's hard to love him back, you know, as a person, which is why it's so hard to talk about this movie in some ways where it's like, I love the boldness of trying to do crazy things like that or that poster. But it's also like, like it gets frustrating because I don't think the film lives up to those sort of bold choices. But it's also like I appreciate they tried to go that far. You know, it's like that's crazy to do in your first movie. I mean, Roman Polanski's. I don't know. Maybe this is me coming around. Like, let's be honest. I'll openly admit to the fact that I like pirated Brian Singer's last X Men movie, mostly because I don't care about the X Men, but honestly, because Brian Singer is a is a terrible fucking person. And I can say this all day that somebody's movie should be intrinsically i mean like back around to the original things like somebody's movie should be should be in like i truly do believe like a movie can be made by anyone and the fact that so many people put their life into a movie means that like it's not just him it's the focus puller it's the guy that was composing the cinematographer this movie obviously put in massive amounts of work and in terms of might be the most skilled person on set but it is clearly a vision that was made by several several tons of people so like it's just sad that it's affected by the director in this sort of way but again the the initial for me the initial braveheart feel and vibe specifically in the context of something that didn't really need to be more motivated like slavery is bad we're all gonna we're, we're, trust me as i have never had so much white guilt in a movie theater ever as as that moment when like i was getting i was looking both ways giving side eye and it was super uncomfortable like she did not need to be raped as well for for to, for them to be justified is, yeah. is my i don't know i don't know i mean what what point do you do you let off the gas is my question like and and for me like the you know comparing it to something like roots like is everyone okay? Sorry, that was a sneeze. Oh no, no worries. I thought somebody okay. was dying. <laughs> no, it was a very it was, it was a, a weird noise. Sneeze, I apologize. It could have been a hitman <laughs> noise. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> Somebody's just like murdered at their computer. <laughs> oh, he god. like enters the chat pretending to be Peter. <laughs> I'm Peter Dancy. <laughs> you like uh really? <laughs> Sir, your voice is not as smooth as Peter Dancy's. I know Peter Dancy's oh, voice. Oh, you think I have a smooth voice? Do you do have a smooth voice? It's very sexy. <laughs> you just heard <laughs> <murdered> it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and again, it's it's a tough thing where it's like you can only really I think compare it to like films that I think have done it more interestingly, but I just do compare it to like a a, a more subtle. It's still a very in-your-face moment, but it's a little more subtle the way it's presented in Twelve Years a Slave, where they have this. I'll never forget this moment because for all these, you know, gorier moments or shockier moments, it's very simply done. And I think the elegance of something conveying a lot, which is that there's a scene where he's been strung up. He's about to be lynched. He gets saved last moment, but they don't lower him. So he's like kind of just barely keeping a hold and his feet are barely like keeping him above. And everyone just walks around him like it's normal. Like he doesn't exist. Like it's normal, including black people, including white people. And it just kind of sells again, like that idea of like, this is the way things were. It was just normal. And this isn't a weird or crazy sight to anybody. And that's the difference where it's like when you do a very Hollywood-esque style rape shot, which is like a big guy comes from behind her, she runs into him, they all start surrounding her, camera pulls up. You know what I mean? It's like the most stereotypical way to convey rape on screen without showing it. And again, it's like, do I really want to show it? No. But it's also so conventional, it feels very weird in a film that's trying to be so unconventional. It, 
it is un- I think I think that's the strength of it is that it's unconventional. Um I guess for me like it doesn't have a core stronger. I mean and, and and stop me if I'm wrong because this was my takeaway. It doesn't have a core strong point other than slavery is bad. I'll agree. Like it's a complicated character piece about something that happened, mm-hmm. but there's not like there's not something to like take it, away it brings from up a lot it, more other than like the questions yeah i feel like this movie is trying to bring questions more than sort of definite themes you know what i mean right no no there's also, there's no theme go ahead well i i also found it interesting the i don't know just the way that religion was dealt with in this movie because obviously you know nat turner was a, a preacher and you know the slave owners utilized him to try to pacify the slaves but then it was also i mean aside from him seeing all the terrible things happening and terrible things happening to his wife and so forth also as he read more of the bible than just slaves obey your masters he also got his motivation and justification to rebel from the same book that was telling white people it's okay to have slaves that was definitely the best part of the movie. Was was when he was yeah. talking about the way that he said, "I, I they've been telling me to read this Bible this way, but I read it and he was talking all these lines that also contradict it, which is something that's very yeah. true." But sorry, Peter, were you saying something? Oh, no, 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 no. I, I was, I was agreeing with you. Okay, yeah, um, well, yeah. There's, there's you know, it says stuff. something like "Obey your masters," but also, you know, it's like it's it's a it's a film that starts out so much of it is about like the Jews in Egypt and a lot of other and uh, the Jews in Roman times and, and a lot of persecution that it is sort of a persecution novel so it's sort of also about slavery and of course we all know the Bible has like many times where it says it's one thing that a lot of people latch on to you know sort of now it's more like gay issues it seems like versus like um, things that someone contradicted in the same way and i think that was an interesting idea where someone can read the bible both ways and that's when i think the film was working at its best was that like who was and that's why i think there's like more questions like who is this nat turner guy who was both a preacher who could read a bible that promises love and peace but also end up killing a lot of people and how is that the same person and how does he probably come to that idea i think that's where the film is the most interesting yeah and maybe that's why I have, like, specifically myself, have a harder time connecting with this piece because it it draws down to a core of religiousness. And again, as I think the most, I don't want to claim kingship of being the most atheistic person in this audience. Like, it does bother me. I, I don't know. I guess. I guess like it, it. It does. It has a happy thing with religion that does kind of like come off for me it's like yeah but religion also causes slavery i don't know like like (sighs) i think it works best as a as almost a character study of a very 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 complicated man Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah i agree Mm. Mm. i think my, my my biggest issue with the religion aspect of this film which you know obviously it was presumably historically accurate with him being a preacher and so forth. And I, I loved the scene where he was arguing with the white preacher and they were both just shouting scripture at each other 
and you know from the same book but entirely contradictory statements and I, I love it when people do that but at the same time and and again I'm you know the rebellion was obviously very justified and that was the point of this movie was yes there was killing but look what they came from there's a reason all of this happened they needed to do something I just in any context using religion to justify violence makes me feel really uncomfortable Right. Yep. Right. right. In any any context yep. at all. So. Right. Yeah. And this movie seems to draw. I mean, I think that's the issue is that it doesn't it doesn't have a. In this movie needs a final line to come down somewhere on the issue of religion, and it doesn't. So I feel like the movie just wants us to take Nat's side, and and I. As a viewer, being as skeptical as I am, just didn't offhand. And then that's the issue. It's like you obviously take the side that's not. I, I guess I wanted him to win more in the debate. And it want, yeah. I wanted it to be more logical than it was. I, I don't know. Like there's so many. There's like Frederick Douglass. Again, there's so much. There's so much good arguments for why slavery is terrible that are that are couched in logic and the effects of it. Um again which is you know slavery just is bad but why aren't we going there instead of like why are we going to contradict our religious themes which is just feel out of place for me i don't know <sighs> i'm uh, this movie this movie was supremely uncomfortable for me and i'll yes. say that but i think i don't think that's necessarily i think that's just because i'm white <laughs> i don't know yeah, and I mean, maybe that was probably one of the points of the movie was to make people uncomfortable and to really think about, you right. know, the slavery and the religion, religious aspects that went along with it on both sides. And it succeeded in making a lot of people uncomfortable. And ultimately, I think, in a way, that's a good thing because it did its job. I don't know. I'm curious what y'all thought of the... Uh the last shot which was probably the most artistically interesting sort of moment which um just for people who haven't seen it or whatever we'll, we'll spoil it this little last shot it's like the only real spoiler ending is that there's this uh black child who's watching um the lynching of uh nat turner and then it zooms in on his face and he morphs into an adult who seems to be fighting well that seems to be definitely is fighting on mm. the northern side of the civil war and sort of says that and then you get this really interesting like text where it's like you know he did all these horrible things to nat turner's body to basically destroy his legacy ever and, and basically you know, the last shot is saying that if one person was there at that time that's all that mattered you know what i mean that if one person kind of remembers a real person that's all that matters and the fact that you just saw a movie about nat turner clearly proves that they were wrong you know that his legacy is secure in one way or another that we remember him what do you think of those two things? Because they were very interesting, but I'm not. Oh, that that was sure. what this movie needed. I I thought it, that was great, and I thought that was, mm -hmm. in terms of the strength of like kind of this human progression that it makes it added like you know as terrible as the rest of the movie, it shows that like human triumph is like inevitable to some extent. Like the fact that one mm -hmm. man just had okay. to see it to make a difference was like it made that ending sort of joyous to me and that was the other thing is like did anyone take how, who took more of a sense of joy from this movie of like hope at the end yeah i think 
I, I did a little, yeah. but I was so full of despair from the rest of the movie that it wasn't enough for me right. to have a joyous opinion of the film as a whole. Right. I, I think I'm I mean, very much a person who responds very highly to stories of legacy. Legacy is a big theme for me. So that definitely worked for me in that sense of like, it's an interesting idea to be like, look, this movie I made kind of proves the point that they were wrong, which is kind of interesting, whether you like this movie or not. The fact that I was able to make this movie and you just saw it kind of proves that they were wrong, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting way to end your film. Um, it's a strong... No, I think it's a strong... I think I it's think again that, that Nate Parker desperately thing where he can, like, needed that moment. What did you say? I think this film desperately needed that moment for me. Yeah. Like, it needed it needed a counterbalance of the despair because it does end terribly. Like, it does end. Like, he goes... Like, it, things, things go to shit. Like, that happens. It doesn't work out for him. But the fact that he was able to start the rebellion, the fact that he was able to show something and to 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 change people's minds and that things like the seed was planted and then it went on and that's i think that's the thing is like you know we do remember it and it did well i don't know if it specifically changed anything but i mean that's another we need to ask a historian Mm -hmm. um certainly got a lot of people killed um not not specifically the white people but a lot of like black people in in response right and that's why he's (sighs) such a controversial i think figure in history is that i think for the reason that more black people end up getting killed in retribution than white people, which isn't. She can argue is controversial for that. I think. I and mean, for also, me, like the 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 act considering slavery, the act of rebellion is natural. Like there were always oh, be totally. rebellions wherever slavery yeah. is, and I don't think I don't think he's controversial for having caused white people to go back and kill black people. I think he's controversial for how brutal the rebellion was. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, and just in general, I, mean, I think I, it's it's tough to be on the losing side where it's like we know later on slavery does end through very different means, you know what I mean? And it's like, but his story again will matter. So I guess that's why, that's why I think that maybe the theme mattered, you know, it's like, well, you can, maybe historians can dismiss Nat Turner as a failed rebellion, but maybe it wasn't because what mattered was more his story than the fact that an actual rebellion ended up taking over and because of that rebellion, you know, like that's what Nat Turner wanted to happen, but maybe what ended up happening was just the fact that the rebellion ever happened inspired so many people later on you know it was more of a subconscious thing than okay this happened because of this happened because of this happened thing which is what, how history usually views things it's like well obviously because this happened and this happened but that doesn't matter because that didn't happen you know which is like well it kind of didn't matter which is what i feel like the film was kind of going for ultimately yeah okay all right it's a little bit early, but I, I feel like we're running out of steam here. And just well, real quick, I, I I wanted to ask a question, and this really doesn't carry as much weight as anything else we've talked about in the podcast. But um, she showed up once earlier in the film, I think, and then at the end, as Nat Turner was being hanged, there was a shot of this angelic figure. Yeah. And I thought they could have done so much more with that, but so much the costuming and the effects were just so basic. To I anything, wonder yes. if there was a point to that or what you people who actually know more about film and cinematography than I do, what, what was your opinion on that shot? It was weird I mean, this comes place. back around to the issues with Jack and religion. He's literally seeing religious characters. Um, a, I don't think the movie handled her well and be like it set off my my atheist alarm mm. like nuts especially in a movie with so much violence and right. again totally justified but like my like 
Ah, oh, don't have him see visions. Just do it because racism is terrible. That's right. enough. Just not, not, e- not even that. I mean, your, your commentary, Jack, is very good and very important, but I'm just talking about why was, you know, the rest of the film was just so beautiful. Why was this angel costume just so poorly executed? Like uh, the wings like, like it, like it was like a yeah. party city. It was, it was very school play, yeah. Yeah. It was very party city yeah. angel costume. I'm just I'm no, wondering I, if they if they did that on purpose for what for some reason and what that purpose would have been or if it was just added in as an afterthought of like let's give this guy an angelic vision we don't have a lot of time for CGI. Well, so I definitely let's think just go really basic with I don't know. That ending is very clearly I think trying to use classic Jesus movie iconography in a reframing yeah. way. Especially when like they do the shot where like the the camera follows him as the rope is being um, pulled tighter and tighter, and he's going up. Mm-hmm. It's very much the same he's thing. Ascending. Where like almost yeah. every Jesus movie has a shot where Jesus goes up on the cross, and the film the camera follows it, and like a a right. locked camera on it. You know what I mean? And I think they were trying to do a similar mm-hmm. thing. And most of those movies then with Jesus seeing a figure of angel or God of some kind coming down to take him up. You know, so I think they were trying to recreate that. But I agree, like. I think the idea was like, okay, let's have that be a black angel, which you don't see quite frankly very often in movies. And so I think and that's great. that was maybe I, I love that. Yeah, but I agree. Like, mm-hmm. the iconography is just too simplistic because, like, I, I compare it to a similar scene in um, oh, I forget, Angels in America, which is a similar thing where it's like a very clearly classically looking angel, but it's interpreting that iconography in a very interesting way. Where it ends up being an angel who's very sexual, who's about gay rights, who's a very interesting kind of odd character. And it changes the, mm-hmm. the basic iconography of what it means to have a religious experience. Um, and I feel like he was trying to just create an actual regular religious experience. And that iconography is just so classic that it looks cliched to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well... Even past that, Ben, I think the execution of like a classical religious moment here was kind of marred by a lack of budget don't 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 you think a little bit like this, Yo, that's, this movie... that's exactly what i'm saying is that that scene may have actually carried a bit more weight for me as someone who was you know at least raised in a fairly religious household and i still experience a christian worship service every sunday maybe that would have meant something to me if i hadn't concentrated on the fact that it was just you know we do a pageant at my church every year where our angel costumes look better than what I saw on screen. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Yeah. Granted, no, they mean, were I... designed by the the costume designer from Wicked, but whatever. Oh. All of the skill in this movie really comes back around, if you notice it. Like, the, the skill of this movie, and it is very skilled, is done in camera. Mm-hmm. Like it's very much, it's very much still an indie film, and I think that's the thing is like the transition to that sort of effect was done more in camera, and it just comes off bad. Mm. Or is that? I mean, stop me if I'm wrong. I mean, I don't think they're going. I think that was a limitation of budget was okay. how the angel is depicted. I mean, that's my interpretation of that scene. Um, I imagine a little bit more CG would have helped quite a bit, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, I think similar. Yeah, I think maybe the effect just comes off. I think she comes off too human. I think that's the problem. You're right. Like, maybe a CG scene where you can maybe, like, change the face in some way or give it more of a... Like, still, obviously, make her a a black uh, woman, which is interesting, but, like, maybe make her look more angelic or add a little bit of inhumanness or difference or shine or something, right? You know, it's like... 
it, it is just so clearly a scene. person in a chief angel costume in front of a bright light. You know what I mean? I can just kind of see the makings of it. Sorry, Peter. Peter. No, I was just gonna say like I like, I I I, 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 I would say like have I have her be angelic, but but ha- but have like like have her have have her depiction con- connect connect more to connect more to that opening scene that we had that we had at the beginning of the film of, around around the campfire. Ooh, I like that. And the guy basically and the guy basically like prophesying to it to him and his mother. Pull a saying, gladiator. Yeah. <laughs> like pull a gladiator with the wheat. Yes. Like the ending shot mirrors the end the the opening shot. Right. Or find some way like to his, like like interpretation of good things. I like what Peter's saying. Bring some of that more African iconography with the Christian iconography as well. Right. I mean, be I, mean, I mean, because, because we, because we, we even got a bit of that when, when he, when he, when he gave, when he gave the, the gift that he got from his mother, uh, to, 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 to his wife, to his wife to be. And he, when he was, when he was like, he was like, Hey, he's like, Hey, here's a pen. Here's a pen that, 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 my, that my, that my mom's granddad, like my, my mom's granddad get, gave to her when, when he, when he came from Africa, I want you to have it. And it's like, like, like bring, 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 bring more of that. Like show, like show both sides. Mm-hmm. I agree. You're right. It does kind of just choose Christianity, which is odd. You're right because it has so much African yeah, symbolism at the beginning. It's interesting. I mean, I mean, I it, guess my thing is the beginning makes me want it, want him to like somehow have a religious, like a have a pan religious experience, right? Because even the Christian, for ugh, the Christianity is such an invasive force to me, and I guess that's my thing is that I have an issue with how Christianity is used in this film. And maybe that's just because I see it as, uh, I don't know. Well, it feels like a film made by a person who's deeply Christian, as far as I know, Nate Parker is, you know, versus a person who like, I think it's there's sometimes he's feeling, no, no, no. He's definitely the person making this film is definitely feeling these religious experiences. And I'm just not, I'm just, I don't know that all the, it's connecting with all the audiences because it didn't connect with me. It'll definitely connect with the black, with the, with the black American audience consider considering how big and how religious the church, the church is. No, I agree. I think that's exactly, I think that's exactly this. I am a white atheist and that means (laughs) I am a white atheist. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like, this is yeah, not, because, and I yeah, think that's because, fair. Because, is yeah, the saying like, like maybe the black you know? As, go ahead, no, Peter. No, I'm just saying like, like, in, like in, in the in the black in the black community, so much of what of what of what we do is is, is more or less like directly or indirectly cent, uh, centered around the church. It's where you find family. It's where you find friends. It's where mm-hmm. you find shelter. It's where you find food. Uh, it's, it's it's where it's where you get it's where you get help. So like so so at least from that perspective, I can I I, I can I can understand why. Why more of this film would, would would lean towards Christianity rather than like the mixing like the mixing of like of, of like Christian of like Christianity and 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 like great like the greater Afri- African culture. Well, this is just this is just my issue then because I think that's the issue is like I see Christian iconography and I immediately assume distrust, mm. and that's just based upon like the kind of media I consume from like science fiction in terms of like heavy science based stuff like or like uh, or like anime specifically with Neon Genesis Evangelion I, and I stuff like lit- that. I was literally when you I was literally s- thinking that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you see Christian symbols in Neon Genesis, it means that like shit's about to go tits up. To like, die. apologies yeah. for the term, but like that's that's <coughs> what it means. Like, 
and I guess that for me, it's like I, I guess I just have like weird associations that aren't maybe fair to this play. Like I, f- I feel like that's the difference is like maybe I'm couching this against like Roots and Twelve Years a Slave, and that's not what this is. It's more it means to be couched against like other religious films, like other films, like not specifically like The Passion of the Christ because that's Mel Gibson, but like other like films like the most recent like kind of like Jesus flick, and maybe in that context it maybe makes a more of a joyous sense and just, and it has a joyous, I guess, um, repurposing of that tale to some extent. Uh, and, I, and I agree with you, Jack, and that like, I think for the most part, I would guess that film people tend to be either. Yeah, we do. Semi-religious, we do. non-religious or, or, or pan-religious. Like you said, they, they don't tend to have like one particular religious affiliation. And I think they tend to, at least I do as well. I tend to gravitate towards people who are non-religious who talk about religion. One of my favorite directors is Krzysztof Kieslowski, who does that. He did a whole film called The Decalogue, which is a series of ten short films based on the Ten Commandments. And they're very different than sort of a direct... Other than, like, the murder's bad. Even the murder bad one is kind of interesting, where he kind of compares murder to the death penalty and and which is which, you know. It's sort of more of a guy wrestling with the idea of religion than saying... I'm religious, here's my ideas. And I think it's part of the problem is I think a lot of times for me, it can feel like preaching. Now, if you're a person who is who needs preaching or needs that sort of religious connection or is looking for that, I think you can relate to those films a lot easier. And I think a lot of times movie people aren't, and so we can't relate to those films as much, as much as the ones that are like more like what we are, which is like, okay, I'm a lot like Krzysztof Kieslowski, where like, I'm not religious, but I find religion fascinating. I find the... the ideas in religion very fascinating but i don't ever consider myself religious so i might just naturally find myself relating to those films more than ones that are straight up like i'm a christian person this is my ideas this is me sort of interpreting the world through my eyes yeah and I, it's, it's a i have a bunch of doubles i mean i'll admit to having a bunch of double standards here too because i think i feel like specifically christian iconography puts my hackles up as opposed to like, I let the force in star Wars get away with so much bullshit. Like that's, well, I mean, that's well, just, that's Star Wars got to be me. great. Cause you got to take the best part of every religion and none of the yeah. worst, you know, like, it right. I mean, it's no, it's, it's, it's definitely like a nerd's idea of religion. It's like the D and D like chaotic alignment of stuff. Right. It's hilarious. Like, yes. It, like I love, I like, I like honestly, sometimes like I like read like religious context and like nerdy things. And I'm like, man, we should just like follow, Follow this religion. This is not bad. <laughs> just, well, quick, quick plug for Geek Space Nine. We love talking about religion because it's very interesting to watch uh, sci-fi people do that. Where like this they, is true. They, they, well, they get to take and change. I would want to see it as somebody not on the Geek Space Nine cast. I have to admit, I'd be interested to see this group because I think that you guys come like Peter. You're you're fairly religious, correct? Not, 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 not anymore. Like, like I, I, I don't. I would, I would person. consider you the middle ground between Ben and Sarah, is what I was saying. Oh, oh okay, 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 okay. Because you, 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 are somewhat religious, but I, you're more like me in that you're kind of like I don't know. I don't know. This is oh god, it's so worried. It's so um, oh <laughs> religion is a tough subject. <laughs> I hate mm. asking people about their religion. It's Just not to- fun. To, to clarify for myself, uh, I was raised in a Christian church, and I work at a Christian church, and I'm so I'm exposed to Christian ideology every Sunday. I will say it's, you know, just a particular denomination of Christian ideology, and there are so many branches of ideology within the Christian faith, uh, oh God, so, so I can't many. speak to all of them. Um, 
but at the same time, I don't necessarily know that I would identify myself as Christian. It's just been a part of my life for so You're long. Right. I don't know. It is not fair for me to put you on that end of the spectrum. Uh, just, I was surprised that <laughs> you, you right. put me on the, the most religious end. I was like, well, actually, Jack. <laughs> Sorry. This is, we all know Sarah loves honest, God's not I'm, dead. Let's just, let's just say everyone needs to go listen to it because it'll be interesting. Not because there's like some sort of weird spectrum where Jack pinholes everyone. <laughs> and exactly what they believe. On a scale of one let's to ten. Let's just all agree that I'm wrong. <laughs> Uh, All righty, let's score this. <laughs> Sarah, you're up first. What do you oh, give? God. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know, I felt bad for whoever got it that. first. Uh, uh, boy, boy, boy. This is when being the host gives me so much power. Jack's like, I'm going to be last. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I uh, when I came out of seeing this movie, I had not decided what to rate it, and I had kind of hoped that this podcast would give me a better idea nope. about what I thought of it. But yeah, everybody is just so on the fence about this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, wanna, I can let you go later if you'd prefer. No, no, that's okay. I'll, I'll go. Um, uh, but, uh, All right, I'll give it a six. Got it. Mm-hmm. Do you want to justify, or or I, that was that seemed painful? You uh, didn't have to. <laughs> well, just I, I think it was a beautifully made film. I think it made a lot of people uncomfortable. I think it was intended to make a lot of people uncomfortable, and uh, it's sort of something that Jack said earlier. This movie was made for a particular audience and i am not a member of that audience so i i almost struggled with you know the the same question as jack had earlier does does my opinion matter as much so i I, it's not a it's like i'm gonna score it too i'm not gonna know i'm not gonna know yeah yeah all right uh ben you're up next sorry i'm literally going down the list (laughs) it's it's all right for some reason i thought you i was having nervous attacks that you're gonna be make me first <laughs> this entire time did you I, I like i really just screwed sarah it was so much fun <laughs> i know um yeah i was initially gonna come in real hard and go four but i'm gonna go five i guess i need to couch that my five for this is different than last week's five for miss peregrine oh, okay. mrs oh, peregrine funny. is like to me the definition of mediocre it's just it's just comes and goes and it's fine at points and it's not fine at others and you kind of forget about it I kind of forgot I watched that movie, you know, by this point. This movie will stay with me. There are moments that stay with me. And I kind of have to put it above a four because I do think you know, Jack made a good point. I'm like, well, you have to kind of say will you recommend it or not. And ultimately, I'm just so down the line where sometimes something really, really bothers me. And sometimes something really, really enchants me in this film. And I kind of have to come out of the middle of the road because I think it is that sort of, as you heard from this whole podcast, that's wrestling with it. And, uh, I can't deny that I think this is, like I said, a noble failure. I, whatever I think of Parker as a person, I think his intentions of this film alone were noble. He did try to do something. I just don't think he has the authorial voice. He was too young when he made this movie. He just didn't have an experience as a director to kind of couch this very interesting, somewhat provocative, somewhat mythological, somewhat reconstructionist movie. He just isn't a good enough director to do it, unfortunately, but I do respect the project and it's a film i 
hope people see because I think it's an interesting one to talk about even if you don't like it. And as if I'm in Russia, I'd rather recommend right out of the bat than Miss Peregrine, <laughs> what I'm saying. So it is a five, but it's a different kind of five, even though I know the once you put it on the, you know, the description of the podcast, it'll just say five. So, anyways, that's a long winded rambly way to say put, five. I'm literally going to put in quotations, but a different... But a different five. Than this <laughs> a Listen different kind more. of five. Five, but a different kind of five. Listen for more put, information. Please put, like, five asterisks and then just, like, a really long medical-esque, you know, no, long like You should write it up, and I will literally put it in. <laughs> oh, that's funny. If anyone wants to write stuff for the thing, because if you guys haven't noticed, I really don't even like spell check myself before it goes. It's like uh, a a Rodri where they love him for this. It's a different kind of thing, but there's this great, uh, you know, go out and check it out because it's so enjoyable. But it's a very beautiful movie called Shoah. That's a nine-hour Holocaust documentary. It's one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. And Rodri famously, during his best of the year list, said, "I can't even put this on the list because it's I I don't even know how to rank it." You know what I mean? Like. And, and there's, like, an asterisk every time you ever see, like, best of the year list for him. Where it's like, Roger Ebert had to say that show was, like, unrankable and, like, couldn't even put it on his list. So it's like, I'm all for asterisks is what I'm saying. Because <laughs> sometimes yeah. you got to couch your weird opinions. I just need to point this out that Bobby's name was spelled on our podcast list, like, wrong for, like, the first six months. Of oh, God. Oh, right. oh, Which is why oh, no. I was able to get her to take over editing properties for most of the, most of the text. So <laughs> it was my master plan. Peter, you're up next. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, uh, I'm going to give this movie a seven. And for, and for me, that is... It's pretty much coming from my, from my own personal emotional response and connection to this film. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Um yeah yes 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 I know that yes I know that yes I know that I that I will go back to this film and, and I will definitely be able to, and I will definitely be able to find my issues with it uh, whether whether or not whether or not they they, they line up with everything that has been discussed today or or anything new that I find myself but but, but, I, don't, but I, don't, I don't know I don't know I, I, even though there wasn't necessarily like a central focus like a central message per se I think I think I think, I think you mentioned that earlier. I still felt like this movie was important for me to see, and I, and I, and I think I think that's where my score is coming from coming for me, from that. Quite frankly, let's be let's be blunt. That black personal connection to this film and and and, and the co- and its content. Peter, and this is gonna be this is gonna sound super racist. Oh God. But I, I, I almost think that your score might be worth more than mine. And I don't mean that intentionally. I mean, there's I, not... I, I agree. But, but that sounds bad when I, I say know, it like I, that. I, I, know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, though. Like, this is not for me. I'm not supposed to understand this. I think it can be for you and it can be for Peter. You know what I mean? And I think both scores are, I think, valuable in a way. But I, I can't agree that, like... Yeah, it makes me happy that, like, Peter said he saw it in an all-black audience. You know what I mean? That, that does matter to me. That is good to hear. It's, I don't know. It's, like you said, it's a very odd no, category. And I also think I agree with Peter that it's okay to have an emotional score versus a rational one. Uh, my famous example hey, is Mulholland hey. Drive. I can't understand No, your, fa- your favorite movie, example is one. my scoring Batman v Superman. Don't even lie. Don't even lie. Uh, <laughs> we know what your favorite example that. of that is. That's a, that's a better example. <laughs> right. 
I never knew I loved Superman that much until I wanted that movie to succeed so hard. <laughs> I understand. I understand. You put a lot in some movies, sometimes we all do. It happens. No, and and then like go back and listen to that if you want to see like just the most delusional defense <laughs> of something I've ever done. <laughs> it's okay. It's taken me more than a year to like get over it. <laughs> Let the healing begin, Jack. It's okay. okay it's okay. It's the, the first step. <laughs> what's that? The what's that? Uh, referencing. <laughs> It's not your fault, Jack. Gonna <laughs> good while hunting you. Score here. I'm gonna give it uh, a six, and that means it's as good as the last Star Wars. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is the problem with ratings in general. <laughs> it, no, no, no. I actually, I'm, I'm dead serious about that. I mean, I dislike the last Star Wars, but I do think this is just as good as, if not better. All right. <laughs> Well, well there you go, folks. <laughs> that sounds like an insult. I don't know. Like, I just no, think no, that's no. super confusing. <laughs> okay. Um, let me see if I can add. So, 12 plus 7. Carry the 1. Plus, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> plus 5 divided by 4. I'll give you a hint at 6. Oh my god, I hate you, Sarah. <laughs> I was almost there. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> The Movie Gang Podcast gives Birth of a Nation 2016. I'm never going to just say Birth of a Nation. Birth of a Nation 2016, a 6 out of 10. Jesus. Which I think actually about like just about lines up with 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 what with what it's generally been getting if if if, yeah. if I'm correct that, that lines up pretty well with its Rotten Tomatoes score. Not that that's the be all and end all of film ratings. But it's but... just interesting right. to see. Yeah. I mean, we we're actually like when we like aggregate ourselves, oh. like we're not outside the box on scores. I mean, I think I was like wrong. A... Birth of a Nation is is being given a seventy nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, so. well, then we're totally off. Excuse me. Well, I think it's okay. uh, we're, I think it's like average scores a little bit closer because like you know the Rotten Tomatoes is more just do you like it or not and because mm-hmm. this is like positive no, you're right. I mean, like, I'm just lying. like consider this everyone on this podcast was a positive review in a rotten tomatoes score yes this is yeah like, i probably would have given it a positive on rotten tomatoes yeah no exactly like you ben is the only one close and he would have given it positive i gave it positive you gave it positive peter gave it positive like from a rotten tomatoes perspective we're a hundred percent positive true right yeah. right so, and that's always the problem with rotten tomatoes in general like, yeah. well, i would recommend it anyone just like a minor it, thing it, i mean check out the average rating have, as well as the number the percentage at the top as confused as i am about this movie i would have a real hard time giving it like a negative review and saying it was bad Same. i don't nope. think it's bad yeah, it's the intentions for me like intentions matter for a lot of things you know what i mean yeah. like no i agree i agree and i think it's it's successful at a lot of things and it's particularly gorgeous like again from a cinematography perspective jesus christ oh my like God, all the ropes going shot. everywhere fuck me dude so that candle scene it's gorgeous yeah yeah no it's, it's yeah it's 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 successful in too many ways for me to call it bad all right Okay, we're at an hour. Let's <laughs> we can take on. a breath. <laughs> yeah, I need to pee. So let's get <laughs> this done. <laughs> let's uh, moving on to bets for this week. So I'm gonna have everyone guess. So next week we're gonna be watching Girl on the Train, which was actually released this week. So we can't look at the uh, the uh, weeklies for this one. So what we're gonna do is we're, we we uh, what you can kind of guess being as Girl on a Train. Who was it done by? It was I was the same. Um, Tate oh, Taylor, Paula Hawkins. Director. Yeah. But the girl on the train asks somebody 
according to Katie, who has read this book and loves this book and really wants to see the movie, there is a significant twist within the movie. At what time period will the twist be revealed? Okay, good. So let's say I do know the twists. Yeah, but no, no, we both know the twist, and I'm not going to say it. But like, when is it revealed? Like, how long into the movie? Uh, How long is the movie overall? Uh, Pulling it up now. Two seconds. Oh, shut up! I should have just clicked on the thing. Um, oh my god, shut up. <laughs> Interneting is hard. Shut up. <laughs> um, fuck. I kind of read two different-ish twists, Jack, and so I'm curious. I guess maybe it's all revealed at once. Uh, I know what you mean. Um, I'd say the major one. Okay. This is going to get complicated, isn't it? It's 112 minutes. So oh, not, just not, under not, two hours. Yeah, not as not. Well, actually, no. It's about as long as I thought it'd be. Um, so the PMU stuff. Do and you want, want me to, guys, to Yeah, go ahead and send it. Okay. You message me your scores. I will tell you mine, so no one's in question. I'm mm-hmm. gonna say thirty minutes in. Damn, Ben. Why you always got to do that to me? <laughs> got to do it at the end, bro. <laughs> got to make it bold. <laughs> God damn it. All right. Well, I have the low bet this week. Peter revealed at 45 minutes. Uh, Sarah is at 50 minutes. And Ben is at 90 minutes. Oh, God. Oh I'm, God. I'm saying last act. I'm saying. 90 minutes. Really at 90 minutes? I mean, I, I mean I'm referring to the major, the, the first spoiler again, Ben. Uh, Does, you want to change it? Wait, hang on. Let, let me let me just. Well, I don't. No, it's not fair because I kind of know what you're talking about. But like, yeah, because I imagine that there is a secondary. There's like a final final twist, but that's not like the core plot twist, which is what I'm. Oh, about. okay. I see what you're saying. Um, so I mean, I do think it'll be earlier than 90 minutes. I see what you're saying. Do you want to change up? You're yeah, totally welcome. Yeah, that is important is to, you know, for people who know the storyline, be clear about which plot twist you're referring to. I don't know the storyline, yeah, so I don't know tell nothing. me. But just work it out between yourselves. Well, you're going to beep Ben. Don't worry, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> ben comes. Ben has changed from 90 minutes to 60 minutes. I'll still I'm, go high. I'm sorry, Ben. That's what I was originally going to say, but I was like, no. I'm still the highest, right? I want to go. You're still the highest. Far, you're, 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 you're just, you're the highest, and I'm the lowest. I'm still feeling late game on this one. Still feeling late. I mean, I agree with you. I'm probably going to be wrong, but it's probably going to be Peter and Peter and Sarah. <laughs> okay, Ben's at 60 minutes. Peter's at 50 minutes. Sarah's at 45. I'm at 30. All righty, that's the scores for this week. Last week, Ben, take it away. You get, you made the bet for last week. So yeah, last week we bet uh, what would be the opening box office of Birth of a Nation. We all knew that Girl of the Train would be number one, but we figured Birth of a Nation is a little harder to predict because of like you know all the issues and the fact that Fox is kind of not promoting it as much, so it could come in all over the place. So we had a bunch of bets, and the closest was Sarah, who bet eight million, and the film came in yeah. uh, estimated right now seven point one. So very oh, wow. very close. Damn. Sarah. So Sarah, I was not you have it. to win that one. Jesus with a low bet. I mean, Sarah, take us away. If you want to have, you have the honor and rights and responsibility to plug the movie gang and Tuscan Shed Media Network and to get on your soapbox and let that bitch ride. Sorry, that's sexist. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, at some point in the future, I do hope to provide a a well thought out rant about 
LGBT representation in the media. Um, but I decided that I wanted to watch a film called The Celluloid Closet before I wrote out this rant. The Celluloid Closet came out in 1995. Uh, but I have not watched that movie yet, so I'm oh, not hey. going to give you that rant today. Go ahead, Sarah. What, Jack? I shouldn't okay. interrupt you. Uh, and, uh, you know, in light of the, you know, sort of, I guess, darker podcast that we had today, I'm going to give you a lighthearted spiel about how obsessed I am with pumpkin spice things <laughs> this year. <sighs> I, I, uh, I don't know what it is. This has gotten to a new level of pumpkin spice obsession for me. Um my mom, who is the real MVP, went out earlier tonight and bought me the pumpkin spice Lindor truffles because Lindor truffles are my favorite chocolate. And then when Ben here on the podcast let me know that they had pumpkin spice ones, I lost my shit. And my mom was so cool and said, well, why don't I see if I can find them for you before your podcast? And she's great. And I love her. Uh, I also have pumpkin spice yogurt covered pretzels in my house <laughs> and pumpkin spice bagels <laughs> and pumpkin scones and uh, pumpkin spice frappuccinos like those ones in the glass bottles. And I will use that in my coffee instead of creamer and make my very own pumpkin spice lattes, uh, pumpkin spice cookie mix and pumpkin spice hand soap. <laughs> I am the most basic of bitches. Deal with it. This has been the Ruby Gang Podcast. I love Uh, this so much. Feel free to check us out on TuscanShed.com where you can find all of our other podcasts. This includes Animania where... Peter, Jack, Trevor, and myself. But Bobby joins us sometimes, doesn't she? Uh, also, Bobby. <laughs> She's been on one episode, so it's fair. One that episode, was, that okay. Was okay. <laughs> well, that's that's why I asked. Um, we we talk about uh, anime shows. Um, ben, Peter, and I record a podcast about Star Trek: Deep Space Nine, lovingly called Geek Space Nine. Uh, where the three of us are going through and watching Deep Space Nine for the first time, and we review two episodes a week. Uh, We also have um, A Feast for Bros, which is a review of uh, the Game of Thrones television show, which is currently on hiatus, as is the podcast. Uh, But you can still find all of our episodes about season six of the show on TuscanShed.com. And finally, we have Save Point, which is... Jack, Trevor, Ben, and Peter? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes? No, 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 no Trevor. But Trevor will be no, Trevor. next Trevor will be uh, next week. We're going to have him on as a special guest. Okay. Wonderful. No, no, no you're totally right. You're totally right. <laughs> okay. Uh, and Save Point is a podcast where these lovely gentlemen talk about video games. So once again, you can find all of these very entertaining podcasts on TuscanShed.com. Uh, Jack, if you could jump in here and remind our listeners of the Twitter handle, because I don't want to fuck it up. Yeah, so for the Movie Gang podcast, we're the underscore movie underscore gang. Go check that out. We are a gang of individuals, so you can do that. For Save Point, head on over to save at SavePointGC, and for, um, shit, 
for Animania, you can probably just go over and check out at Unhelpful Media. Um, that's my uh, um, sub. Um, it's it's kind of the Twitter that handles a lot of the Animania uh, shots out, so I'll get the mail through there. But it also goes to a lovely uh, site where you can watch me uh, make um, movies and videos about uh, anime. So that's always fun. You can also go check out my uh, Gundam background noises there. <laughs> so yeah, and that's uh, that's all for the movie gang this week. Thank you so much, Sarah, for that beautiful outro. This is the Tuscan Shed Media Network, the only place for all your media geeky ass needs, because we are some geeky ass gang members. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Later, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs>